Thank you for joining today for a new episode of the podcast as part of The Voice from Every Quarter. Today's guest will be Donna. Okay. Uh, My my name is Donna Reardon. Uh, Currently, I am employed with the um, Tallahassee Dillards. um, And uh, I guess for the past almost two years now, I've been working in the jewelry section. Uh, Prior to that, I was in communications with the state. A variety of jobs throughout the state uh, with Department of Business and Professional Regulation, um, the Florida Lottery, uh, even TCC and the Department of Business and Professional Regulation. Um, In regards to hobbies, uh, definitely my uh, painting, photography, drawing, uh, writing, things like that. Um, And did you need to know anything in general that I like, like taking long walks in the park or just down the street? Or does that um, um, whatever you feel like doing. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll go with that for now. And then if you can think of anything else you want to know. Um, oh, uh, and also, of course, uh, the really bright part of my life is my uh, daughter, Catherine. Okay. That's amazing. Okay. Do you want to go to the questions now? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, so how do you think the United States women's overall rights are compared with other countries, such as like Western European countries or like other countries like that? Just in general, uh, mm-hmm. in, in regards to other countries, we, like you said on your notes that uh, we are definitely not in the top 10, which is unfortunate because we brag about ourselves all the time. You would think that we would be. Um, we've come a long way uh, since the early 1800s, the 1800s, 1600s, 1700s, all of those. So I'm glad with all of that. But yes, we still have a long way to go to have uh, true gender equality. Just okay. equality in general. I mean, we don't have that period. Yeah. And I'm going off of that. Like, what do you think about equal pay? Um, do you think that in your, um, in your area of work, women are underpaid or... And if they are underpaid, like, what can be done about it? And if you don't um, think they're, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I, I was going to say, I definitely think that there are still women who are underpaid. Um, I don't know in my per- personal position right now, um, I can assume so because of some of the circumstances uh, with some of my associates that I am, yes, underpaid. It's not necessarily though that because I'm a woman, it could also be because I'm an elder. So that has a a huge difference. Um, But because I don't have any fundamental facts, there's nothing I can truly say uh, to to do that. With the state, you can um, have records pulled to find out how much people are paid. So there's a huge difference with that. In private businesses, I can't go say, I wanna know how much the other associates I'm working with are paid. So to know for sure, um, yes, I I do believe that women by and large are paid less, um, but I don't have any true hardcore facts on it. Okay. Um, Yeah, so like if they are underpaid, like, do you know, do you have any like what could be what could, what could potentially be done about it or anything? Uh, like yes, like what uh, was recently happening with the, um, the, the women's sports team that got the equal rights uh, for fields or something like that. I, I forget what it all was all about, but the same thing with this, you would have to get together with other women. Like if I knew that the, all the ladies at Dillard's were paid less than the men, 
and yet they were all doing the same amount in sales, then that would be something that we could get all the ladies together and say, okay, this has to stop, especially the elder ladies um, saying, we need to get a group together. We need to protest. We need to ask for uh, better pay. And, and if they don't give it, then leave. But that being said, uh, depending on the ability to get others to, I guess, come together for something like that, it's not something I've ever had to do, so I don't know exactly what steps I would take. Okay, um, thank you. Um, so do you think menstrual products should be free for everyone, such as in workplaces, schools, and in government buildings? Um, and if yes, like how do you think the government should pay for it, or if that's even possible? Um, it's not impossible, but I'm not sure I want the government paying for that necessarily. Um, I know that like with, if it were to happen, that would be fine um, in regards to like um, the, the pads and stuff for the menstrual cycle. Um, I know that at where I work right now, we do have it so that if something were to happen, one of our associates or a customer could easily get access. Um, but I think that the problem would be with the state, federal, and any government office, then people in the private industry would say, well, I don't want to pay for menstrual cycle products. You know, that, is that what our tax dollars are going for? So you would end up getting some difficult times with state or federal, um, county, different things like that with government. Um, and as far as I know, Dillard's is the only one. There, there may be other private industries that do provide. As far as pills, um, I think that's what you asked as well. Or was yeah. it just for sanitary purposes? Um, for this question, like just for like sanitary purposes. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's my thing. I don't know. I don't think anybody should have to provide uh, the women should be able to provide. And for those that can't, if, if there are women who are um, not capable for financial reasons, then yes, I would like for us to come up with some sort of um, options, either through um, the healthcare industry or um, the churches, the hospitals, something like that. I don't know if we currently, it's not something I ever thought of until uh, your question. Yeah, and kind of going off of that, do you think that there is a period yeah. poverty? No, because I, number one, I think it's something that growing up you get uh, from family. Um, I know with having an older sister and then my mother and my poor younger sister probably got all of it from all of us. Um, she's sitting over there, so I'm not sure if she's even wanting to answer that question. Um, but yeah, it's it's not... It's something that we could offer in education, like uh, we do with the sex education classes. Um, I don't know the depth of it that we would be offering. Um, it's not something I've ever really thought about. Um, I, I don't know that it's necessary. In a, in a sex education, sure, give that information. But then again, do you have a separate class and say only girls can attend this class and they're going to learn about their menstrual cycles, um, and today with today's um, options of going online and doing research on your own, I don't know that it would be a hundred percent necessary. But yes, it's something we could potentially offer. Okay. Yeah. And 
this is kind of going back to the like birth control question like okay um do you think women should have free access to non-prescription birth control and why or why not that was another interesting question i would like to know why men aren't given free if, if they're going to give women free it should be something that we also do for men let them get the condoms and let's start with getting pills for men um i don't necessarily know that how i think on it being free or not free i i do believe in the free health care like we have in other countries i know that in certain countries you no matter what you whether you work or not you have the same um, healthcare rights. Um, I know we have healthcare rights for everyone here, but at the same time, um, your insurance levels are different. Um, so the concern of whether or not women get the birth control and if it should be, or, or non-prescription birth control, but because the prescription, yes, they have to still go through the doctor. Um, it's one of those questions I, I just really don't, truly have an answer to because I've not done enough research to verify if it's something that should or shouldn't be. Okay. Um, and what do you think about the U.S. policy for new mothers compared with other countries such as Canada and Western European countries? Um, should women get at least three months of paid maternal leave? And what are the pros and cons of this policy? Um, yes, I do, especially because I had um, eight weeks, but that was my leave time. So if you've accrued the leave time for it, sure, I definitely think it would be um, a valuable thing. My concern would be like with everything else that it gets um, used improperly. Um, like some woman goes, oh, hey, I can get three months of paid maternity leave. I'm gonna get pregnant every year. Um, I don't know that that would necessarily ever happen, and it's probably just my dark side coming out and going, well, what if? Um, but yes, I do think that, that parents should be given the uh, maternal leave. I'd like to have the dads. You know, mom gets off for a month and a half, dad takes the other month and a half. You know, things like that might uh, be a good option. Or the other, the other um, mate in the relationship, if there is one. Okay, yeah. Um, and an Icelandic lawmaker in full view of her fellow lawmakers and television cameras delivered her remarks with her six-week-old daughter nursing quietly and nobody really cared. Um, this is not surprising in Iceland, which has long had a liberal view of breastfeeding in public, but what do you think would happen if this occurred in the United States, especially in the South? <laughs> in the South, in the North, in the West or the East, you're going to have people who would be aghast at this option. Um, you would have plenty of people who would say, yeah, have at it. Um, and as liberal as I am, I still don't think I would want women dropping their blouse and having the child suckle their breast. It just is, to me, not a very professional thing. If they're doing it at the, um, at the dinner table in a restaurant, I, that would not bother me if they're doing it in the, the mall while they were shopping. Things like that would not bother me as much, but in the middle of a meeting, um, I think everybody should be focused on the meeting instead of birthing this baby or 
who knows, men might start going, oh, hey, I want my personal moment to do other things. So no, they can do in Iceland or anywhere else what they definitely will do with that, but I would be very uncomfortable. Okay. Um, and as a writer who has written a couple of novels, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a woman in that area? Or do you feel like there's a glass ceiling or invisible bias in those areas? Um, no, if, if it were the early 1900s, probably yes. Um, I know like um, the Mary Ann, Mary Ann Evans who wrote as George Eliot, um, I know that she was under that. Uh, she and many other um, uh, female authors had to use a pseudonym, a male's name pseudonym uh, in order to get their work published. Um, and there is a place now, it's called Recite, Reclaim Her Name. Um, they are a, a federation that are getting together. They've published 25 classics with the female author's name. So I thought that was a really very cool thing to do. Um, I don't know that at this point that um, my writing necessarily wasn't published because it was by a female or it was based on a romance novel. Um, <clears throat> I think it was more that I just, once I wrote it, I didn't care to got published. Um, I published it myself and I was happy. Okay. Um, so during the pandemic, when schools and childcare facilities shut down, many women quit jobs to take care of the family. And kind of seems that disproportionate Housework has fallen on the shoulders of women. So what do you think can be done to, to change this trend in the future? Um, I don't know necessarily whether uh, the trend needs to be changed on a grand basis. I think it needs to be changed um, on an individual basis for the particular families. Um, did the um, wife, mother, change her job or, or um, quit her job to stay home because she wanted to? Did she, was she forced to? Were there any other options? I don't have enough um, information on, on all of the families and what they did or why. Is it easier in some regards for the woman to stay home? Yes, perhaps. Um, there are nowadays many more men that are actually staying home. I don't know what the percentage is, but I do know it's a higher percentage than it was 10, 15, 20, and especially 100 years ago. Um, so I don't know when you say it seems disproportionate, yes, but I think in other respects, whether we've got um, the um, world crashing because of COVID or the world war pending or something like that, um, in each of the families, it's it's going to be disproportionate. There's going to be sometimes, like with my younger brother, he was the one who did all the work in his first marriage for their kids and um, dinners and things like that. Um, so I guess it, it depends um, with what your family is like. Um, and in overall changing, it's something that, um, it can happen, but I don't know how significant it would be, especially within the next 10, 15 years, just based on, 
on what the pandemic did. Okay, um, and Roe versus Wade is 50 years old now. Do you think we should uphold or overturn the decision? And if overturned, what would be the impact of women on women? Um, I do think we should still uphold um, having the right to an abortion. I definitely believe that. Um, I especially am concerned because I want to know that a woman, especially one who was um, raped or because of incest, um, would have that option. Um, but also one of the things that most of these don't bring up in the reports is that the women who are told when they're three, four, five, six months pregnant that all of a sudden the child they are carrying is going to, is not alive, number one, um, and is going to cause potential death, that woman should have the right to choose. Um, so it's, it's all those little things. We, we can't do it based on just this, this, and this. There's a lot of different things that are going to work into each woman's um, needs. So yes, I definitely think it should be um, available. Okay. And kind of going off of that, Texas recently passed a law to illegalize abortions over six weeks under all circumstances. Um, and Florida is about to pass a law to illegalize abortions over 15 weeks. Um, so what do you think about this? And there are also like dozens of states trying to pass a similar law. Um, and what do you think about that movement? And if you disagree with those laws, what do you think people can do to change that? Um, I don't know what Texas can do at this point to change except to fight. Yeah, if they believe that there should be uh, 15 weeks or um, and then extenuating circumstances, like I said, if the woman finds out that you know, three months, six months, um, whatever, that there are major complications, she should be able to have it at that point. Um, with the states that are all trying, um, I do understand their desire to Ill illegalize the abortions. I get it, but I think that they still are missing a whole other side. And not only that, but one of the things that, that nobody is saying is that along with the illegalizing the abortions, we're going to go back to women committing their own abortions um, or going to other countries if they're wealthy enough to get the abortion. But we also forget to talk about all the children that are then put into um, the orphanages. Nobody's bringing up that point when they talk about illegalizing the abortions. Um, that, okay, so who's going to take care of the kids? If I was raped, um, if I am bearing my own sister, um, and I do not want this child, but I can't get an abortion, am I supposed to raise this child too? And then all of a sudden, yes, we go up to more uh, children needing homes. So there's a lot more to this whole illegalizing abortion than just um, the six weeks, 15 weeks. Okay. Yeah, and over the last few decades, the nation has made considerable progress in addressing the violence and abuse many women experience at the hands of partners, acquaintances, and strangers. And despite this progress, threats to women safely continue to be continue to profoundly affect their economic security, health, civic engagement, and overall well-being. Could you please comment your thoughts on this issue? Yes, while we, you're right, we, we have progressed a great amount in what we have done to um, work with women, like having the homes where they can go. 
Um, I think we need to broaden it and we need to have classes be teaching, not just about um, the, the women that are being abused, but in general, the children that are being abused. We, we should have a class where the kids have to go in like social studies and uh, be taught about abuse in general, or, uh, abuse by um, other um, students, just abuse in general. Um, and then little by little, we're, we're, I don't know that we will ever conquer that, that's one of the reasons why we still have prisons. Um, because we get to certain people, but there's always going to be someone else who disdains the rules that we have. Globally in 2018, for every 10 victims of human trafficking detected, about five were adult women and two were girls. Most of the detected victims of trafficking for sexual exploitation, which is around 92%, were females. And what do you think we as ordinary people can do to alleviate this issue? Um, there's a lot of little things we can do. Um, number one, for the women to understand, don't walk to your car walking uh, with your phone, playing on your phone. Be aware of your surroundings on a constant basis. Um, don't allow strangers into your home. And, and it's sad that we women are the ones having to constantly, but there are, you're, like you said, uh, there's a percentage of men and boys that are also um, falling victim to this. Um, I don't know what the percentage is in our country as compared to um, others. Um, I don't know if it's something that we can teach in school, self-defense, awareness. Um, I know we've had it for ever, and I don't know that we'll ever 100% go away, but having us a, a lot more aware of the, op of the possibilities. Okay. Um, and do you think the women's movement is stronger or weaker today than in the 1970s? Or what do you think things would change? Or did you think things change for the better or worse based on your personal experience? I think it's much stronger. Um, do we have a long way still to go? Yes. Um, I'm very pleased with certain things like there are more women working in professional as well as governmental positions, the higher end positions. Um, I'm very pleased with that. We have um, we have a higher array, uh, a higher level of women in school now than we ever did, and unfortunately a lower level of men. But I don't know necessarily that going to school is always the answer. There's plenty of professions that you can do without having a, a two-year certification or a four-year degree or a, a doctorate. Um, what do you think about school dress codes? Um, according to the American Civil Liberties Union, dress codes are legal if they do not treat boys and girls differently, force students to conform to sex stereotypes, or censor particular viewpoints. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm fine with that. I know a lot of uh, private schools um, do have the dress codes. And again, as the Civil Liberties Union that you pointed out, I, as long as that's the one going on, then that's fine. Um, well, and if they wanted to do that in the public schools as well, um, as long as they're not forcing the students to do something that um, is uh, the stereotypes, um, I'm for whatever the schools feel the best. And it should be voted on by the students, especially the older students and then the uh, parents in the uh, uh, public schools, that is. Okay. 
Um, so can you talk a little bit about gender roles in literature as a writer yourself? Um, and how are women defined in classics? And what's the new trend in literature about the leading female characters? Um, I know that in the works that I have written, um, it, it's of course a very strong woman. Um, and then I know that throughout history, um, they've had the women in, in a variety, but especially earlier, um, the weaker um, person was the woman. Um, I'm glad that it's now gotten to where women, like in a lot of the books or shows or whatnot, you have the woman who is the police officer, the detective, the doctor. Um, she's not just the little housewife like uh, you had in the Brady Bunch and uh, different shows like that in the 60s. Um, and so I think with literature as well that, that we've got that. We still have the femme fatale, of course. We always will. Um, there are readers who prefer that. And then there, there are readers who want to have the strong female or the readers who want um, just the strong male. So, you know, they read the cop books and things like that. Um, but you're always going to have a genre for every reader. Yeah, okay. Um, someone on the internet mocked the NATO countries stating that their Secretary of Defense were all females while Russia's were prima primarily male. Um, what is your response to those people and how does that reflect on women's role in modern society? Um, I guess because I don't know who it, those someone is um, or how many um, or why they were stating that they're because if they were stating that the, their secretary of defense were all females, were they angry that they were all females? Were they displeased? Were they moderately unhappy? Um, and were they preferring that it, they'd have Russia's primary male? Um, I don't want anything like Russia has, so I will happily take all female, all, um, um, uh, well, not all female, I want um, a diversity with both sex um, and then sexuality, that they, if they are heterosexual, um, any of those, um, the, the different sexual, the LB or the L, I can never remember the acronym for that, um, but I don't care about their sexual orientation or their sex, um, and I don't care what their race is. I do care what their um, mindset is, you know, whether they're like going back and telling me, taking away my rights, that would be a problem. Okay. Um, and what is your personal definition of a feminist? Um, someone who stands up for women's rights. It could be um, even a male. I know that most people would say, well, he's not a feminist, but it's somebody who believes in female rights is what I believe. Okay. Um, and finally, what would you like to see happen when it comes to gender equality in the next few years? Um, I guess just more open-mindedness. I do know that um, I was confronted, well, not confronted, I, I came across uh, the whole they instead of he, she in a conversation with one of my customers the other day. Um, and the two ladies that I was working with kept saying they. To me, they was plural. So I was trying to figure out if they were trying to buy more than one ring 
because they <laughs> wanted the ring. So um, finally, the conversation worked into um, instead of they, we no longer use she or he in certain circumstances. So I think when we're talking about what's going to happen, I don't, there's going to be a variety of things that happen um, in the way we handle and discuss and um, accept. Um, and we have to have people just be more open-minded. We need greater education on stuff like that. Okay. Um, and is there anything else you want to add? You've worn me out, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you are again. very welcome.